Welcome to Chase Oaks. We are so glad that you're here this weekend. We are continuing a series called Uniquely You and how you can truly find your why. It's one thing to be going through life. It's another thing to actually know why. And over the past couple of weeks, uh, we've been looking at uh, some different things that can point to our why, that can help us really discover what our purpose is. And if you've missed any of those messages, I encourage you to go back and check those out. Uh, Last week, we talked about what it looks like to really look at some of our strengths, some of our gifting, some of the things that God has uniquely gifted us to do. Uh, This weekend, I want to look at uh, something that can really point to our purpose and some unique experiences that each and every one of us have had. Um, A couple of um, weeks ago, um, it was time for my mother to upgrade her vehicle. She had an older SUV, and I think she got it in 2011 or 2012. Nothing wrong with the 2011 or 2012, but when you make the jump, to a 2021, uh, you realize how much technology has advanced and there's features that will just make you go, I didn't know that they've added these sorts of things to vehicles. So my mom tried to switch lanes um, without using the signal and the steering wheel flipped it back the other way. And she's like, what in the world is going to like, like, Ryan, what kind of car are we in right now? And I'm like, mom, Honda has put together lots of features to keep you safe. You didn't know that they've added a lot of these Apple CarPlay and all sorts of things. She's just like, Listen, Ryan, we live in Texas. All we need is air conditioning and for it to have four wheels that get me from point A to point B. And I'm like, Mom, do you realize Honda went to great lengths and spent great resources to give you bells and whistles? She's like, but if I don't understand the purpose of these bells and whistles, then then why why does it really matter? I mean, think about a lot of the things that we might get. It could be an iPhone or an Apple Watch or someone goes, do you know that your Apple Watch can measure your sleep and it can do all of this stuff? I'm like, does it tell me? what time it is. That's all I needed to do. But then you're just going, did you know that Apple went to great lengths and great resources to be able to add a lot of features that if you never understand the purpose of it, then why'd you, why'd you get it in the first place? And here's what I want you to know. It'd be a shame if you spent decades of your life not realizing that you have a heavenly father that went to great lengths and used great resources to uniquely design you for a purpose. I love what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Long before you were born, whether you are a a Christ follower or not, whether you're a church person or not, long before you were born, Scripture tells us that God prepared a good work for you to do and for me to do. And I know it doesn't always feel that way. Sometimes it feels like our purpose is to just keep up with the status quo. What is the status quo? I mean, we should... You know, get a nice job. We should get married, get a nice house, have a couple of kids, maybe a half kid with a dog and and get a minivan or a Tahoe. And then we get the kids through college and we retire comfortably. And then we get a second home and renovate the first one. And then we trade in the minivan or Tahoe for a sports car. And then we babysit the grandkids in two hour increments and then give them back to their guardians. And so and we call that a life, right? We go, yeah, that feels feels about right. It feels like that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, it feels like we have a communal pressure to just kind of 
Live the American dream. I don't think there's anything wrong with the American dream. If, if that's you, you maybe have achieved that already and then some. But it would be a shame if any one of us, anybody under the sound of my voice, were to attain the American dream and miss God's purpose for their life. It would be a travesty if you attained the American dream, the North Dallas dream, dare I say. And completely miss your purpose. I know people who sit in 5,000 square foot homes and they don't know why they're on the planet. I would hate for that to be us. I would hate for you, young person, to get into the school of your dreams and not know why you're on the planet. I would hate for you to make partner at your firm and not know why you're on the planet. I believe that what we're going to look at today in order to really understand our purpose is that I want us to look at the life of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul uh, had some very particular experiences, some very particular experiences that I believe helped shape and mold his purpose. And I believe that you and I have some similar experiences that can point to Our purpose, the first thing that I want you to know is that Paul, he experienced a particular upbringing. He experienced a very particular upbringing. It says this in Acts chapter 22. It says, brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Who was this dude? Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. Where were you born? I was born in St. Louis, to be exact, East St. Louis. For those of you who are very unfamiliar with East St. Louis, if you look it up, you will find that East St. Louis is on the top 10 most dangerous cities in America. So if you are trying to be a gangster or a thug, you tell people, I'm from East St. Louis, okay? And then people are just like, whoa, 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 I don't want to mess with this guy, okay? Then now my parents moved to Rockford, Illinois. If you don't know anything about Rockford, Illinois, Rockford is also on the top 10 cities of the most dangerous cities in America, okay? We, like, I think East St. Louis was number two, Rockford was number three, okay? So we had moved on up to Rockford, okay? Like, we were super excited about this, but whenever I would play basketball, basketball on one guy fouled me really hard and I heard a guy on the sideline said "Ooh, don't mess with him he's from Rockford I'm like guys I'm just a dad I got a stroller in my backseat like what am I going to do to you okay like I'm not going to shoot you I'm not going to fight you like I'm just I'm just a regular guy in North Dallas but where you're from matters where you're from tells your story it tells us about your upbringing and Paul is going hey guess what I'm from Tarsus and what that meant for them is Tarsus was a very wealthy city in this day and age. I want you to think uh, New York City. Think uh, Madison Square Garden. If you are any uh, type of entertainer, you love to say, hey, I performed at Madison Square Garden. If you were a philosopher or or a well-known orator, you went through Tarsus. This gave you street credibility. And he's going, hey, just so you know, God's using somebody from Tarsus. Jesus was from Nazareth. 
They couldn't be any more opposite. And God's going, I'll use Jesus. But I also need to use Paul. I actually need to use both to accomplish my will on the earth. And I had a purpose for Paul. And I have a purpose for Jesus. At one point, when Nathaniel in Scripture heard that Jesus was from Nazareth, he says this question. What good could come from Nazareth? What good? What, this guy? Savior of the world? From Nazareth? And what Philip says to Nathaniel was amazing. He says, hey, hey, man, just calm down. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. Why is that encouraging for you and for me? It's going, hey, come and see how God can use somebody that other people think that God can't. Come and see what God could do with somebody that other people have given up on. Come and see what God can do with somebody who has an upbringing that they think is a waste of other people's time. Wherever you were born, whatever your upbringing was, I want you to know it was on purpose. And it may not be one that you're proud of. It may not be one that you go, yeah, I had this great upbringing. I didn't say it was a great upbringing. I want you to know God can use your upbringing. The next thing that we see is not only was where he was from important, but also his knowledge of the world around him that gave him influence. And it revealed a lot of his purpose. Acts 17 verse 22 says, Paul then stood up in the meeting of Areopagus and said, people of Athens. I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, you see he's being very observant of what's happening in their culture. I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. Does not live in temples built by human hands. He's coming in and he's going, you know what? I, I'm seeing what's going on around me. And I'm based off of my own education. I can see, hey, you've got something that you don't understand, but I got good news for you. Do you see how his upbringing served him an opportunity to be able to speak out to someone else? Um, Paul, um, in his writings, uh, he displayed knowledge of Greek poets and acts. Um, he quoted a, a Cretan uh, prophet in Titus. He quoted pagan poets in 1 Corinthians. Uh, he spoke Aramaic. Uh, we also see in Scripture that he could write in Greek. This was a well-rounded person. All that comes from his study and his upbringing. I mean, here's the question I want you to ask this week. Here's the question I, I want you to talk about this weekend. Maybe you do it over dinner. Maybe you do it in a small group. But I, I just want to ask you this question this weekend. What, what, what have you learned that could help someone else? What have you learned that could help someone else? What happened in your upbringing that you would say, you know what? This is how I was raised and in my house we did it this way. And you know what? Here's some things that I could use to help someone else. You see, I've learned that every single one of us has a very, very particular story and a very, very particular upbringing. And nobody under the sound of my voice should discount that upbringing. Because uh, what I learned versus what you learned growing up is, is very different. Some of us learned some things, school of hard knocks. We had to learn it the hard way. We had to do some stupid things to be smart. 
Some of us learn from our friends. I, I had some friends that stole some golf clubs in high school and they went to jail. And I said, you know what? I'm good with golf. I'm cool. I'm cool. Let me just stay with. Like I learn from from their mistakes. And, and some of us learned it in the classroom. We went somewhere and we, we learned it. But whatever our story is, I want you to know. God can use it. Never discount your upbringing. Paul had a particular one, and so did you. What I want you to do this weekend is ask God why. You may have grown up in a single-parent home, and it's frustrated you. Sometimes it makes you angry. Maybe it even makes you bitter. But what if God wanted to use you to help someone else who grew up in a single-parent home? Never forsake your Upbringing. The second thing that I think is vitally important about something that Paul particularly experienced is Paul had a particular testimony. Paul experienced a particular testimony. It says this in Acts 22. He, he's explaining his testimony. He says, uh, I persecuted the followers of this way to their death. Just to help you understand something, we're talking about. A terrorist specifically targeting Christians. Arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. As the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from there to their associates in Damascus. And went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. At about noon... As I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and I heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. Here we see in Ephesians 2.10 for, for the Apostle Paul right now. He's going, I've got an assignment for you. Despite what you're on your way to do right now. I would venture to guess. That given the amount of people that call Chase Oaks home, perhaps watching this message this weekend, someone has made plans to do something that's not very good. And yet God could stop you in your tracks and say, guess what? I still have an assignment for you. Just because of what you've done doesn't change my assignment there. Isn't it interesting that he loses his physical vision, yet God is giving his life vision while he's blind. He's like, hey, there, I know you can't see, but I, I've got an assignment for you that you can not miss. This was a terrorist. This was somebody that killed Christians. He was headed in one direction, and yet Jesus stops him and says, I've got an assignment for you. This is his Jesus story. The question I want you to think about this week, and the second question is this, it's, What's your Jesus story? What's your, what dare I say, what is, what's your church story? I, I know so many people that have just this very interesting and unique 
Jesus story. And, and for some of them, they grew up in church. Some of them found Jesus in a bar. Some of them found Jesus in Europe. Some of them found Jesus on a mission trip. Some of them found Jesus um, at, at a VBS, at a vacation Bible school. Some of them found Jesus at their job. They each have a different, unique Jesus story. What's yours? What would you do if I told you? God wants to use it. Maybe you grew up in a church. You had a bad church experience. It might be your first time coming back in a long time. You're like, man, like, they, he's already up preaching. Are we supposed to sing songs? Did they, was that a Christian song at the beginning? I mean, you might even be completely confused. You haven't been here in a while. And you're just going, okay, man, you know, the way I, I grew up in church, I just, man, you know, that, that was designed. Your story was designed. Your church experience was designed, your Jesus story, it was, it was designed. Because it, it was designed because there's somebody that's experiencing something similar and there's a chance that they could potentially walk away from the faith and you could be the person that helps them stay. You could be the person that helps them keep their faith. I, I was a pastor's kid, which simply means my chances of actually being in ministry are like 2%, okay? So the fact that I'm still on the stage is a miracle by God, okay? Because when you're a pastor's kid, you get to see behind the scenes. You get to see everything. I saw some very, very good things, and I saw some very, very disappointing things. And here's what I could tell you. The good, the bad, the ugly, the amazing, the miracles, the unanswered prayer, all of it molded. And shaped me into who I am today. All of it molded and shaped me into a person that says, all right, now as, as one of those lucky individuals that gets to teach God's word on a frequent basis and a consistent basis, well, it shaped it. Because I grew up in a church where I fell asleep a lot. And I said, you know what, if I ever get an opportunity, I, I don't want people to fall asleep. And when I read the scripture... I see funny stuff. And I just thought, you know, maybe the person on stage should, I don't know, enjoy what they do and act like it's good news or something. Like, call me crazy. Have you ever met a bad news Christian? They were just mad all the time. Like, did you get bad news today? I didn't. I got good news. That's, it's shaped it shaped me. I also grew up in, in, in a church environment where if you were on the stage, you were perfect. You had no problems. You had no marriage problems. You pretended your kids were perfect. You, you just, there was just this, this perfect thing. And I just said, well, if I ever get an opportunity to teach God, I'm just, I'm just going to tell people that I'm, you know, human. Very, very human, very, very just, just a normal guy up here. And again, um, me and my wife have this extravagant wedding story, but we're very normally married, okay? I just want to just put that out there. Like, we, we, we have normal communication issues. I'll give you an example, okay? This one's all on me. So, uh, my wife uh, went to drop my son off uh, at school the other day, and um, the day before that, the teacher in the carpool line puts my son in the car, and she says, uh, have a great weekend. And I was like, but it's Thursday. 
Like, why would you say that? It doesn't make any sense. I'm like, whatever. And so I just drove home and didn't say anything to anybody. And so on Friday, my wife wakes up at 6.30 in the morning and, and she's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to let you sleep and you do your thing. I'm going to, you know, pack the lunches and grab the kiddos and I, I'm going to take them to school. I said, okay, babe, thank you. You're so awesome. You're so sweet. That's great. And then all of a sudden, um, around 7.30, I hear my son, who is supposed to be in school. And so my wife walks in the door and says, hey, babe, what? Oh, yeah. He, uh, he's home. She goes, did you know that he didn't have school today? I went, you see, what had happened was I thought the teacher was drinking and said, I didn't, I didn't, that's my, ba- I didn't, it didn't make they didn't send you an email. Again, we're very normal. It's just a normal communication. And it's just like, sometimes it's like, I grew up in this environment. It's like you couldn't share stories like that. You couldn't preach with vulnerability. You couldn't act like a human. And I just said, you know what? That's me. Here's the deal. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I would love to lie to you. <laughs> but why? Why would... You see, ladies and gentlemen, whenever we actually step into our humanness and realize we, we absolutely need a supernatural God, we actually become more relatable than we've ever been. And I want you to know, whatever your church experience has been, whatever your Jesus story, whatever your BC to where you are right now, it is done that way by design. I know we live in a world where we should post our best and hide the rest. We should pretend like we never fail when all of us do. I asked a group of parents the other day, I said, hey, how many of you feel like you're just crushing it as a parent? No, most parents are like, ah, what am I doing? I feel like a feel. I... Part of our purpose. To actually step into those things and to say, you know what? Lord, I need you. What's your Jesus story? What's your background? For, for Paul, his, his was, I used to actually harm people in this space. And somehow I ended up on the stage defending Jesus Christ of Nazareth as a young man from Tarsus. Who are you? Where are you from? And what's your Jesus story? Um, The last thing that I think Paul experienced that was very particular that really pointed to his purpose and I believe can point to ours is that Paul experienced a particular pain. Paul experienced a particular pain. If you've ever um, are doing some Bible study, I encourage you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It's a very interesting chapter, um, not only written, but an interesting chapter in the life of the Apostle Paul. Um, I'm just going to summarize it for you just for time's sake. But in it, he reveals that five times he received 39 lashes, which 40 is what would kill you. Jesus experienced that once. He experienced it five times from Jewish leaders, people that were supposed to be good people. That, that, that's who did that to him. Um, three times he was beaten with rods. One time he was pelted with stones. Uh, three times he was shipwrecked. One time he spent the day and night in the open sea. Many times he was mugged. Many times he was put in prison. Many nights gone without food. And many sleepless nights. And we thought 2020 was rough for us. We thought that now the, the times that we live in, we, we feel like they're rough for us. Paul's going, do you know my pain? 
you're ever having a rough time, just read 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He had a, had a particular pain. The last question I want to ask us this weekend is what have you been through that could help someone else pull through? What's something that you've been through that could help someone else pull through? I mean, maybe you experienced a bankruptcy. Maybe you experienced a a divorce. Or uh, maybe you've got some health challenges. Or maybe you contracted COVID-19. Or maybe you even lost your faith for a season in your life. Every single one of us in this life will experience some sort of pain. And whether you're a Christian or not, every single person under the sound of my voice desperately needs to know that they're not alone. Even if you're like, no, I I actually like being alone. No, 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 no. But you need to know that you're not alone. That's in you and that's in me. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the gift of our pain. Is it puts us in boats with people that we normally would never be with. Because we may have a shared pain. What I want you to know this weekend is that perhaps your pain has a purpose. Some of you may know this, some of you may not. Um, But this... Uh, this past week has been very, very rough for me personally. Um, my pastor, uh, mentor, somebody who is a uh, father figure to me um, here in Dallas. He pastored Covenant Church um, in Carrollton. Um, he passed away on Monday. Monday morning at 11.32. Um, he passed away from COVID-19. And um, he was somebody who was so consistent in my life. Very, very consistent. Such a consistent voice of wisdom. Um, 57 years old. I could play a voicemail for, for you from my phone from a month ago that would absolutely break your heart. He just called. As he, as he frequently did. He just called to say, I just believe in you. I just believe in you. And I'm praying for you. Um, my youngest son has had some health challenges. Um, especially from years one to, to, to now. He, he would call every two weeks to pray for my son. Out loud. On the phone. I got a lot of great friends. I don't have one person in my whole world that does that. But he did. Um, and I got to be honest, I, I get mad. I get sad. I go through all sorts of waves of emotions on a daily basis. I ask God, why? 
I prayed every kind of prayer you could pray, every healing verse known to man. I fasted. I, I did. We did everything we possibly could. But he's gone. And there are so many questions that I have that may not get answered on this side of eternity. Um, and then uh, this morning, I heard from a friend that um, he was losing his grandfather to COVID-19. And I just thought, this sucks. But I had a tiny bit of perspective. That God gave me four days of experience of His exact same pain. And perhaps the pain that I'm experiencing right now has a purpose to help somebody else. So I don't... I don't know what you've been through. I don't know the heartaches and the breakups and the business deal that have gone sour and the rejections and the insecurities. But I just... I have to believe that our pain has some purpose. And perhaps the gift of our pain is that we can sit with each other and just be present and just to say, you know what... I didn't, you got to hear that this weekend. You didn't go through all of that for no reason. You're not going through all of that for no reason. No. Perhaps God has intertwined and uniquely designed your path for somebody else's path. And perhaps what you're going through is going to help someone else pull through in the future. It doesn't make it hurt any less. But in case you've ever wondered, Lord, what's my purpose? Perhaps you could look at your upbringing. Perhaps you could look at your Jesus story. And dare I say, perhaps you should look at your pain. Because I believe your pain has a purpose. I love what the Apostle Paul encouraged a young mentee of his. And he says, and say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. Be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. You might be a missionary or you might be a leader in your organization. Wherever you are, that's a ministry. Your neighborhood, that's a ministry. Your school, that's a ministry. The gym, that's a ministry. Wherever you are, my hope and prayer for each and every one of us is that we would truly know the good work that God prepared for us to do a long time ago. And that we would be sure to carry out the ministry that God gave us. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to teach your word. Um, Lord, I pray that 
each and every person under the sound of my voice would better understand the purpose that you've uniquely designed for us. God, I pray that we would know our why, why we wake up in the morning. And God, may we not forsake our upbringing. May we not forsake our Jesus story or our church story, how we came to know you. May we know that you can use all of that in God, I pray. That you would uh, help us to know that our pain has a purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen.